Hello and welcome to Super Women of Monaco. I'm Serena Benedetti, the host of this podcast. In each episode, I interview remarkable and inspiring women from Monaco who have a positive impact on others, either through their professional activities, their creativity, or their engagement in nonprofits. I hope their stories will help you extend your horizon and see the world through the lens of possibilities. Today, my guest is Natasha Frost Savio. Natasha is Anglo American and was educated in London, in France, and Los Angeles. After creating a translation agency in 2009, Natasha and her husband came up with the idea to start brewing California style craft beer in the south of France in 2016. After sharing the idea with some friends, Blue Coast Brewing Company was born. Natasha is also the president of Pink Ribbon Monaco that she founded in 2011. The aim of this non-profit organization is to raise awareness about breast cancer screening. She's also a member of the Committee for the Protection and Promotion of Women's Rights in Monaco. In the episode, we talk about how Pink Ribbon Monaco started, the progress in Monaco in terms of breast cancer screening, and the importance of positive role models for women going through treatment. Then we moved on to a very different topic, which is how Natasha and her husband brought some cool Californian vibes to the French Riviera. Natasha shared the story of how Blue Coast Beer started. She told us how they struck on this idea to make craft beer that is now selling in 500 places. We talk about the importance of the vision and that it's not about selling the product, but in her case, a lifestyle and authenticity. We talk about the challenges she faced to put the business together while being pregnant at the same time. Natasha is really full of energy. We talk about efficiency and how to handle a lot at the same time, and also how to nurture a positive mindset. For sake of clarity, this podcast was recorded before the COVID-19 pandemic. Here is my conversation with Natasha Frostavio. So Natasha, as we record this podcast uh, a week ago, uh, we had the Pink Ribbon Walk. It was the ninth walk yes. since you uh, started Pink Ribbon Monaco. Yep. And uh, I was not able to participate, but uh, I was there at the beginning of, uh, of the walk and I saw all these uh, mainly ladies getting ready, all dressed up in mm -hmm. pink yeah. and uh, ready to have a good moment of fun. And uh, they were working uh, for a good cause, which is uh, breast cancer awareness. And uh, I would like to ask you, how did you uh, end up uh, having such a festive event? How did you make sure that uh, such a cause, that is a difficult cause, uh, can be addressed with a fun event like that? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, I grew up uh, in the south of France, but uh, at the age of 15, I moved to Los Angeles. And uh, my stepmother used to take me to the Pink Ribbon Walks in, in, in L.A., so I've always been in, sort of involved in, in this sort of event where you're, you're celebrating life. You're celebrating the, f the, the, the battle that the, 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 yeah, the, the battle that people have had in that illness, but in a, in a positive way. We don't want to bring people down. So we started, uh, we started the Pink Ribbon Monaco with a positive message. Mm. Uh, we think that uh, breast cancer awareness uh, is, is something that mis must be talked about. Um, breast cancer screening will save lives. And uh, we also want to have an upbeat and uplifting message for those who are actually fighting the illness at this point. So yeah, it became a festive event. It always should be a festive event. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's celebrating women, women's strength. Yeah. 
And can you guide us on how you started in Monaco? Yes, well, that was, uh, that was um, nine years ago now. And uh, it, was, it was a realization that although there were some great associations and there's a lot of activity in Monaco with associations and charity and all sorts of other great causes, there wasn't anything that actually talked about breast cancer awareness and uh, we wanted to push the screening methods we wanted to make sure that women knew what was offered to them that the government has for them and uh, and things have changed and things have evolved since we started which is fantastic um, it, it's less of a taboo subject and uh, the government has also started to uh, uh, promote breast cancer screening with a new screening center in the hospital in the Princess Grace Hospital and uh, free screening for everyone over the age of 50. So it's, it's, it's super positive. Starting in Monaco wasn't very difficult because it's such an Anglophone, English-speaking and international population. So most people knew what Pink Ribbon was. Mm. It was easily accepted. It just took a little while for the, maybe the French-speaking people to, to understand what it was. And, uh, and here we are now. It's, it's become part of the calendar. Yeah. And how do people get screened? Basically, what should they do? Well, I think that after a certain age, you should... Uh, take up the government's offer and go to the breast cancer screening uh, center in Monaco. Uh, obviously, they have a state-of-the-art uh, mammography machine, which is uh, it's, it's the tip very typical one where you, you put your breast in there and uh, it's not very comfortable. Um, but it's, uh, it's got the advantage of being state-of-the-art. It's very new and it's got uh, a lot less radiation than the previous machines. Um, of course, it's not something you're going to do all the time. It's something you do every two years. But it's highly recommended to go and take advantage of that. A lot of a lot of people don't have what we have, the, the opportunities we have, and it's 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 a shame not to take take advantage of them. Okay, so Princess Grace Hospital. Princess Grace Hospital. Okay, good. So Pink Ribbon Monaco is not only the walk. Uh, there is different type of awareness events that you do throughout the year, and uh, one of them is that uh, there is illumination of a uh, few monuments in Monaco yes. for Pink October, uh -huh. such as the Palace or the Stenographic Museum. Yes. And uh, and also, uh, since last year, you started to raise funds to make uh, bigger events, uh, yes. to have a bigger impact. Well, yeah, we wanted to draw attention to, uh, to what we were doing. And uh, the best way to do that is to do bigger events. So uh, yeah, <laughs> we let, left a bit of our sanity in the <laughs> on the way. But uh, yeah, it's been going on for nine years. Nine years of uh, lighting up the, the, the palace, uh, the Oceanographic Museum, the, the Conseil National. Um, oh, gosh, the, the Hotel Metropole Monte Carlo, of course, who's a huge. They've been behind us since the very beginning. Uh, Hotel Columbus, of course, lights up. Uh, the Tour d'Eon, the Yacht Club. Uh, the list goes on. I'm <laughs> sure I've missed some out, but uh, it's uh, it's we're trying to get it always big. Oh, of course, the casino, of course, mm. the casino, and we're trying to get it bigger and better every year. So you know, there's construction going on on the square this year. We're hoping that by the time it's finished, we can light up the whole casino square in pink this year. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> and so you you recognize some women who do some positive impact also. Yes. Yeah. We we we've started. That's of last year. We started the Pink Ribbon Monaco Award, and uh, the goal was to to push forward women who have a positive impact on other women. Um, of course, we've, we've, we all know about how important breast cancer screening is, but it's also people who are going through the treatments, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, etc. Uh, it's important for them to have very positive role models. Uh, women need to be um, inspired and showed that you, know, you're, you can still be yourself, you can be stronger than you, you, you need to be stronger. Um, and fantastic examples of, of, of that strength and courage are, are obviously uh, important. So that's why we started this, uh, this um, the Pink Ribbon Monaco Awards. And we wanted to thank some people in Monaco who've done amazing things. So last year we had uh, Jodie Foster who flew in, who's uh, very active in breast cancer awareness. And uh, in Monaco we also uh, 
gave an award to uh, Dr. Georges Garnier, mm. the head of the oncology department at Princess Grace, who's a, a rock of support to many, 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 many people, not just women, but everybody who goes through cancer. And, uh, and of course, uh, Les Frangines, who's a fantastic lady who's created a new um, hair protection system for when you lose your hair. And it's instead of having itchy wigs, it's fringes with turbans, and it's fun. Yeah. It's more modern way. It's 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 alternative more to the yeah, wig. Yeah, mm. it's uh, I instead of being stuck with a, a wig. I mean, if you'd like a wig, that's fantastic. But this is a different option, and she's uh, also a cancer survivor, so she knows what it. Uh, she knows what what is comfortable. Yeah. Okay, good. Let's talk about uh, Blue Coast Beer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you founded uh, Blue Coast Beer with your husband, and uh, from what I see, it's not only a beer; it's also a kind of lifestyle that you sell. Yes, exactly. Uh, that's it's a, a bit that's stylish a and laid back. Well, uh, we <laughs> try to embody the whole uh, the whole uh, sort of vibe of the south of France. Like mm. uh, I said before, I grew up here um, in Beaulieu-sur-Mer, and uh, from English and American parents. So I've got the sort of glitz and glam vision of it from from you know growing up with them in the 80s and 90s in Beaulieu and uh, they, they were constantly in Monaco mm -hmm. and uh, then we moved closer and then of course I've, I grew up here so I'm, I'm, I know what it's I know what it's like I, I know the ins and outs the local accent I've got I've got s such a lucky lucky uh, childhood and uh, yeah my husband and I got um, got uh, this idea when we were traveling to California Friends of ours started a craft brewery, and when we came back, we're like, we've got to do this. This is just insane. We have to bring that, that here. It's not just craft beer is like a craft beer is sort of a it's a lifestyle on its own. I mean, it's got this whole sort of momentum that's growing, and it's this, this cool vibe. And um, so we wanted to bring it back over here, but we wanted to bring it back to this, this particular area, which is the south of France, which has its own personality in itself. So, how to adapt something as sort of cool and funky as a craft beer to the south of France? <laughs> So of course we came back with our so many ideas and we, we shared it with some really good friends and uh, they were of course just as excited as we were and luckily enough we got some pretty cool people on board and Daniel Ricardo and Jensen Button and Tiffany Cromwell who's a local uh, Australian cyclist but who lives in Monaco and some really cool other people and uh, it sort of just got momentum going and here we are three years later we're selling in about uh, I'd say 400 no 500 places now mm -hmm. and now uh, we're about to hit Paris and Marseille and uh, we're selling in Sweden Italy well so between the moment you visit your friends in California and the moment you really say we have to do it yeah like what were the steps like did you d were you <laughs> looking for an ID Uh, were you thinking we need to start a business and like you got the idea you said that's it we found it oh. or did you make a, a market survey like can you guide us through well, yeah, this, we, I mean, this decision making oh, wow. to start this I'm gonna have to go back to that <laughs> time where it was, like, it was so much uh, so much stuff going on it was it was it was crazy times uh, I was actually pregnant I had just got pregnant too so, so it was it was it was <laughs> fun hormonal time uh, yeah we had to we came back with the idea and then we started doing some research And uh, we realized that we literally had struck on a not a unique idea because there's a couple of craft breweries in the area, mm. um, but they're much smaller and they're very focused on um, on Nice and the area. And again, they're very good friends. We love them. We work with them. Um, but there was nothing in the in the sort of um, sort of vision that we had. So yeah, we called it. Uh, we did a lot of market research. Of course, uh, we realized there was there was huge potential. And, uh, of course, talking to our friends who are also good for market research, realized that a lot of them didn't know what craft beer was. I mm. mean, for them, a beer is basically a, a, a macro brewery industrial 
fizzy water with a bit of hops in it. Mm. So uh, we decided to <laughs> to be the pioneers and educate a lot of people, and they don't seem too unhappy about it. It took two years uh, from the idea to the first beer. It's been three years. Uh, three yeah, years. Yeah. Uh, to the first beer or till now? Well, we um, f we had the idea in 2016, early 2016, and by the time we got the finances together, the the we had to do the lookbook, of course. We sh we sh you know showed that we put our vision on a in a book. Yeah. We put our vision in a in a in a pretty brochure. We sold that to people, and uh, yeah, we're sort of selling the dream, so to speak. Mm. Um, it wasn't just the beer we're selling because the beer is you know it's a lovely product, but it's it, it's beer. What we were selling was was craft and authenticity and a uh, vision of the south of France that people didn't necessarily have combined with this super Californian vibe you know which everyone you know sort of you know the California dream in yeah of course American <laughs> dream all that into one so yeah it was it wasn't a very hard sell at first I mean or ever for that matter I mean it's beer we're not making glue mm. it's a cool product yeah then we got the investment in which was all pretty much privately private investors. We didn't get a bank loan. And then setting up the company, which is always a fun challenge. Mm. <laughs> always, yeah. It's always, always so unexpected administrative uh, struggle. Oh my gosh, <laughs> unexpected administrative struggle. That should be my middle name right now. <laughs> But uh, also it was, uh, was super fun. Was uh, I remember vividly being uh, eight and a half months pregnant and having to spend two days in a row at the customs trying to <laughs> talk about alcohol taxes. <laughs> so that was, that, was, that was a major hurdle, but it was, of course... I mean, they, it's 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 struggling. It's, it is struggling a lot to, to do that, but it's in the end of the day they help you, and so we got there. Yeah. And in terms of uh, setting up the manufacturing plant, did oh yeah. you did you get any unexpected uh, challenges? At always, the always, because you don't think about the small things. I mean, you think about you making a beer. It's not you know, it's not you're not splitting the atom here. Mm. Oh, <laughs> but then you got other small things you got to watch out for. You know, like uh, oh, the other the floor has to be inclined at a certain degree, so you have to smash the floor out and put a new floor in. Then, uh, of course, you got to test the the water has to be. That was one of the first things we did actually was test the water, uh, make sure you got good quality water to make a good beer. That's just like the the basic. That's yeah. the basic. You know, mm. you, like everything else, you have to have excellent raw materials to make a good product, which uh, we made very very sure we had. And then, uh, you know, there's always a uh, you know external complications that come in like. Uh, You know, the some of the machines was late, mm. so you know you gotta you gotta stop production. You need to stop production because you gotta stop paying the bills. Yeah. So you know some some delays, you know, piled on top of each other. But you know, in the end of the day, we got we got our beer out. Yeah. We got our beer out, and uh, yep, July July was the first uh, beer we poured from our brewery. And I can imagine for a cool product, uh, it was maybe not too difficult to hire uh, personnel. But maybe did you have any challenge to uh, set the culture that you wanted for, for your company and uh, make sure that everybody's online and on board with the same vision that you had? That's an excellent question. Um, the thing is, like you said, it wasn't complicated to find employees. I mean, everybody wants to work in this sort of business. It's fun. Mm. It's, 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 it's cool. I mean, it's beer. Um, the problem is, is that uh, a lot of people don't have uh, or don't know about craft beer in the south of France. So, <laughs> so they have an idea about what it should be. But if you don't have any knowledge of the culture of the culture of craft beer, mm. then it's a bit more complicated. So, um, and also there's the 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 aspect of of the product, which is we're not a California product. We're mm. we're a French product, but we have a French name, uh, an English name. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so we're not a Californian product. We're definitely an, uh, a French product. We're we're you know south. We want to embody everything that the south of France represents. Mm -hmm. But we chose a, a French, an English name, mm. Blue Coast. So a lot of a lot of the employees were like, "Well, we don't understand," and it, it, it's still sometimes a process to explain. 
but you know this is we, we chose it for a reason okay good and you work with your husband yes so maybe you can give some tips to listeners who also work uh, with <laughs> their husbands or within the with their family members uh, how can you set boundaries between the professional work and the more personal life Well, I mean, uh, he's actually Roberto was a was a CEO uh, for a, for a while, and he stepped back, and now he's come back again. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, the boundaries. I mean, the thing is that we live and breathe our 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 product. We love it. We love what we do. I mean, uh, we're we're so lucky because we 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 conceived this baby at the same time as we had our real baby. <laughs> so it's it's um it, it's a passion project for the investors as it is for us. It's a passion project. For, for boundaries for my husband, I mean, we talk about work. We talk about work pretty much all the time, but there is a time when we come home, we turn off our phones <laughs> and uh, we spend time with our son and we try and be silly. But, you know, after a while, you've got to stop talking about beer and maybe start drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good way to mark the boundary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about motherhood since you, you mentioned your son. So yeah. you, you were pregnant with your little boy when, uh, when you started the company is yes. now uh, almost three and, uh, you have difficulty to add this child and at the same time, uh, struggling to, uh, to set up the company. Yeah, that was a good, yeah, good, good times, good times. Yeah. <laughs> we had, uh, yeah, we were trying for a long time for, to have a baby and it was obviously we had some difficulties. Uh, my age was probably one of the major factors, obviously, but, um, Uh, yeah, we, we just we just battled on, but the day the day we found out that we were pregnant, pro I mean not the day of, but literally within the next few weeks or months, uh, we found out that the the company was was going ahead. So it was uh, it was it was uh, it was a fun time for 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 so many things like dealing with you know pregnancy and dealing with the, the company setting up. But it was worth every I mean every minute was just I mean I I treasure every every single memory of that because it was just it was so long awaited and desired. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, I mean, when I look back, I wonder how did I manage it? How did my husband put up with me? But we did it, you know, humans are resilient. And do you think that, uh, doing all this together and also having a pink ribbon, uh, which I guess takes you a, a lot of time also, yes. does it kind of give you extra energy to have more on your plate and, uh, try to be more efficient <laughs> in everything you do? <laughs> I don't know how I do it. I mean, it's just, I, I It's just there's so much. I've actually forgot that I was doing the pink ribbon during those years too. But yeah, we were doing the walks, we were doing the illuminations in October, we were doing our events and sometimes other ones in between. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know about if I don't know if the word efficiency is. A, I mean, a good word for me. I think my friends are going to chuckle. I mean, my, especially my coworkers. <laughs> I'm talking about Selena and Natalia. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, you just find a routine and you just do it. You just put, if there's a problem, you just put your head down and you do it, you get it done. That's how, that's how I've always lived. And it's, uh, it's, I just think that the more, the more pressure there is, the more you sort of, my head clears, if I could say that like that way. Hmm. I mean, I might not be the most, uh, clinically organized person on the planet, but I do have my method. There's method in my madness, like they say. Yeah. So maybe you don't have a routine or because I, I can understand that you're like, you're spontaneous. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> but you have some things that you do every day that uh, keeps you with your level of energy. You're full of energy, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> is there anything to explain? Like, and it could be a, a good tip for the listeners on uh, well, I just to, to I get think this I'm energy. I, I, I don't know. I think I'm just an eternal optimist. It might be my Californian side. I just like, uh, I like to believe that people are not bad. And uh, there's always an excuse for certain behaviors. My uh, my level of energy, I just love life. I mean, it's just so awesome. Every single thing, is every day is a gift. So 
No, I just wake up. Generally, if I feel like I'm in a bad mood, I'll try and just get out of it straight away. And uh, How do you do that? I have no idea. I mean, I'd like to say I meditate, but I don't. I used to work for somebody who's uh, a great guide to me. And I don't think she actually knows this, but I used to work at Stars and Bars with, yeah. uh, with uh, Kate. Yeah. powers and she was always just so so positive and i think that you know when you when you put things in perspective and you manage to really sort of like this in french relativise mm. things don't really matter as much as you think they do at first so so yeah just just shake it off it's just a mindset thing yeah i guess so you decide to be positive and Did I just uh, quote in a uh, sudden you are mm-hmm. i think i just quoted taylor swift <laughs> <laughs> I can look it up. Yay. <laughs> Shake it off. <laughs> Shake it off, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's, 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 it's a work. I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's a process. I mean, there was a time when I was super, super um, rancunière, stuff like that. But I think, uh, I think you get to a certain age where, where you just realize that it's not worth it. Mm. I don't know if it's age or if it's just imparted wisdom through good friends and people who've crossed my path. I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell you, but I have always been uh, very energetic. So we reached the end of this conversation and I would like to know what's your favorite place in Monaco. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good job you didn't surprise me that one. <laughs> um, I love Monaco. I love everything about it. I, I've, I mean, it's my, I don't have the passport, but for me, Monaco is my heart. This is so important to me for so many reasons. Um, but a place that means a lot to me is the Jardin Saint-Martin oh. in front of the cathedral. In the old town. Yeah. yeah, in the old town. I think it's just one of those places that are very, it's very serene there. Mm. Maybe it's the proximity of the cathedral. I mean, if you're spiritual in any way, you don't have to be Catholic or Christian or anything. You just, for me, it's spiritual there. Um, I got married there. My mm. husband and I uh, had a small non-religious ceremony in the garden there. Yeah. And uh, a place where uh, I think that you can really get all the aspects of Monaco is also uh, right across the road at the Club Boulis du Rocher. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's, it's, it's still so completely trapped. It's a time capsule. You go there and you just sit there and you've got the most spectacular view of the port. You've got the Jardin Saint-Martin just right there. There's the energy from the, the Ecole Bossio. <laughs> and then you get really great food, of course. But you've got guys just playing bolot and speaking, you know, this amazing warm mm. accent. Yeah, and, and very simple. It's simple. Mm. It's simple, but it's just, it's for me, that's the beating heart of Monaco. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Natasha, what's your final call to action? Okay, well, uh, we're going to plan. Of now we're already working on October for uh, the illuminations. We're going to try and get someone spectacularly cool. And uh, it's going to be hard to top Jodie Foster, but we're definitely working on that. So uh, we'll have some cool things happening there. We're going to have our dinner, obviously, in October. And uh, our Pink Ribbon Awards. And for Blue Coast, I mean, we're just, uh, we're just, uh, we're just going to be continuing what we're doing and making people discover fantastic beer and uh, uh, promoting uh, the specific awesome lifestyle that we have and uh every saturday every first saturday of the month we're open to the public at the brewery uh mm-hmm. which is right by the stadium in uh, nice and uh we have live bands and we have uh, a kids corner and we have uh, uh food trucks and it's uh, it's for people who don't know about the craft beer culture this is the place to discover it because it's the, it's the closest you're going to get to that lifestyle yep. in the south of france or anywhere in the area so uh yeah if you want to really find out what the what the fuss is about about craft beer then Come on down and see us at Blue Coast Brewing Company every first Saturday of the month. Next mm. one's coming up. Very good. And if we, people want to taste your beer in Monaco, where should they go? Well, we're in, I'd say, probably about 80% of the restaurants. <laughs> Sounds very crazy, <laughs> but it's true. Um, and uh, you can buy them at the Gazino on the port. Uh, they have actually a whole range. 
Um, otherwise, you can buy them in uh, in Cap Day, the Marché U. That's the closest local ones. But uh, yeah, the Port de Port de Monaco, Port, uh, and uh, Columbus Hotel, of course, and uh, many many restaurants, stars and bars. Mm. Great. Thank you very much, Natasha. <laughs> Thank you. And that's it for today. If you liked the episode and want to hear more stories of superwomen of Monaco, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please help me grow Superwomen of Monaco by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. One last thing, I am testing a new business idea, an innovative undergarment for women. I would love to have your thoughts and feedback. Please head to akimba.fr, A-K-I-M-B-A, to find out more.